Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care Centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.20. Before we start today's Collider Heroes, let me ask you a question. Have you ever played Forge of Empires? Forge of Empires is a city-building game and also one of our sponsors for today's episode. In Forge of Empires, you can guide a village through the different epics of human history, from the Stone Age to the future. Through skillful planning on the battlefield, you can expand your sphere of influence and create an impressive empire. What's more, there are continuous content updates to ensure years of fun, together with millions of players around the world. And guess what? You can switch between browsers iOS, and Android devices at any time while playing Forge of Empires. If you're new to Forge of Empires, I have some great news. For a limited time, Collider fans can go to forgeofempires.com slash Collider and get a bonus of $10 worth of diamonds. So download the game today by clicking the link in the description of this episode in order to get yourself a $10 starter package. This will give you 650 diamonds to start building your own empire. Those diamonds are virtual in-game currency, then there is no cash payout, and this is only for new registrations, not transferable. But to get it, simply go to forgeofempires.com slash collider now. Download, install, click claim gift, and get 650 diamonds right from the start. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to The Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen.
Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save $25. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, while supplies last. Offer ends eight thirty one twenty. The DC Universe is getting all of DC Comics plus a bunch of show news. I couldn't be made of more hype. We will so get into that. We also, this week, Avengers Endgame tickets went on sale, and we got our new first look. My new screen. footage, Koi. Still loading. I'm still loading my screen. Ew. I'm still trying to buy tickets <laughs> as we speak. I kept watching <laughs> that trailer. I am in line as, like, literally right now, trying to get Endgame <laughs> Do you tickets. need to leave the show to go? I probably need to confirm my tickets. Okay, we'll cover for you. It's Actually, good, it's good. we're going to, Adam, could you mind going, to, is that an option? Is, I'm still online, too, so The I struggle know. is here. I got Adam Gertler is joining us today. How you doing, man? Doing great. Thank you. Such an honor to be here. Big fan of the show. Have been since the beginning. And uh, it's great. It's uh, surreal and fun. And and it's good to always talk about things other than just DC, which is what I talk about on on my show on Popcorn Talk, uh, because I have just as much love for Marvel and and many other things, too. Very important to the show is the balance of everything. All comics are good. And this show, especially this week, is so much of both Marvel and DC news. But in the world of comics themselves, I'm very excited to share with you guys. We have a special exclusive sneak peek of comic book shopping right now. So Zachary Levi was our very first guest for season two of comic book shopping. Zach is incredible. That guy is Billy Batson. He is Captain Marvel. He is Shazam. But also in this very show, we sat down with Jack Dylan Grazer and Asher Angel to talk Mm. more Shazam. So that's like the trifecta. We've got a whole lot of Shazam. We've got best friends. We've got both of the people that play Shazam. It is a very Shazam-tastic episode. What'd you guys think of the movie before we dive into the news? Still in the non-spoilers of course. Of course. Yeah. I'm really excited for everybody to get a chance to see this one. Yeah, me too. Uh, it was it was great. It delivered. It, it was um, you know it was a perfect uh, combination of like expectations not through the roof because a lot of people are not super familiar with this character, and so it didn't have something to achieve. And I think like a lot of what DC's doing is like kind of getting these like doubles and triples with their lesser characters, not all the pressure of the Batman Superman. They're realizing that there's a lot to mine there, and it's a different take. And yeah, we were at the premiere together, which is where we ran into each other. And, How and Zach was is that? so great. It was so much fun. Yeah, actually, we can talk about the premiere of that being yeah. a quickly on the premiere because this there is was a dense Ferris show. Wheel. There was a carnival. They built an entire carnival <laughs> for us. I saw the view of Hollywood Boulevard from 15 stories up. I got oh. on a Ferris wheel and I rose past the Dolby Center and then down past the L Cap and my little child... Like, I've been a movie fan since I was a kid. I've been a comic fan since I was a kid. Being on a comic book themed freaking Ferris wheel while seeing movie sites that I've looked at and dreamed of since I was a child was like the childlike sense of wonder that Shazam gives you in both comic and movie form. The the actual event was the most authentic version of pulling out the, the soul of a movie <laughs> and placing it on Hollywood Boulevard of every encounter. You got to go to the party. I was on the carpet doing some good interviews and I got to talk to the kids and Mark Strong and Zachary Levi and the composer but you had some french fries going on. <laughs> they had a candy you, store. You they got, had a grilled cheese truck. They had like cotton candy and like 
like, oh my and gosh. seven food trucks. And there was a, a flight test, a flight tester. We wore a Velcro suit and you launched in the air and stuck to the wall. Oh there was a Gravitron God. called the Shazamatron. There was a static electricity machine that shocked you because of the electricity. <laughs> like there was everything was Shazam themed. Everything was on brand. And once again, it was like Zach Levi, David Sandberg, and the comics were made into one being and, and made Hollywood Boulevard. It was the inside, like it was perfect. Well, and can I just say one, one thing that I really, really love about this is that uh, right now we are watching DC embrace this let different things be different philosophy. Mm-hmm. So at the time that we're recording, we are still waiting on that Joker trailer to drop and we're so excited to see it. Wow. We know that's coming, um, but it'll be really cool to be like that glimpse of the future, which uh, I'm going to assume stands in stark contrast yes. Yes. Uh, to the joyfulness a- of Shazam. Amy, there's a lot of people that are like, Oh, with Aquaman and Shazam, DC is just aping Marvel. But I dare you to look back in a couple years after you see some of these other films that they do, like this Joker movie, like the Batman, like uh, Harley Quinn and the Fantabulous, you know, Redemption of Miss Harley Quinn, the Birds of Prey movie. And you're going to see a really disparate uh, set of films with varying tones. And uh, I'm really excited for that. They're finding their own stride. They're finding their way to do something different than Marvel Studios, which they realize you can't try to capture that lightning in the bottle twice, you know? You gotta do your own thing. And they have these other characters, and they're finally starting to to trust it under Walter Hamada, and uh, it is a very exciting time. It is a... If anything, that movie indicates the way that DC can go, and I loved it so much. I cannot wait for the world to see it. And I have to say, before we move on from comic book shopping, that uh, being at this desk and doing comic book shopping in John's honor was amongst the greatest pleasures of my life. Like, I, I love John Snap so much, so having that happen, uh, having the ability to do the show that I rewatch on Collider all the time. I watch comic book shopping as a fan constantly. I love that show. So it was a great honor and privilege, and we're all doing this for John, so I wanted to make that uh, very clear, because I was thinking of him the whole time. It was it was like the, the King Sweaty himself was there, and what a, what a shadow of literal tight. Yeah. Uh, so much love to John Schnapp and to Holly and everyone else, but comic book shopping is now on YouTube, so please do check it out. It's a labor of love, and I absolutely cannot wait to share comics with you guys in another new way, because that is my life's goal. Uh, but in the world of news onto our first main story of the week speaking of comics and lots and lots of them how about 20,000 of them 20,000 <laughs> comics are coming to you dear viewer if you're a member of the DC Universe app which you should be so do so uh, I can say it because Amy Hi. is amazing on DC Universe so I was I like I don't want to seem like a show but I'm really excited about this <laughs> and also I, I work with them now but I would be anyway y'all know me you know I would be on here shouting about how excited I am uh, so we got that this what you're seeing right now is a bunch of images because all of these announcements came down in one really cool WonderCon panel. Um, I was I was avidly reading the live tweet and recaps of that one because I couldn't actually be there Friday. But uh, DC Universe, the streaming service, mm-hmm. made a bunch of really great announcements. We got our first look at our Star Girl. She looks, looks amazing, perfect, and this, the cosmic rod looks so good. The costumes across the board have been great uh, on on, uh, on all these new shows. Um, you know. Titans, Stargirl looks Doom great. Patrol. Doom Patrol is fantastic. I love it. I, I, we, I mean, I know we're probably going to talk about it, but we haven't even had a glimpse of one Swamp Thing that's going to be. So coming we did out. get a date, though. We got the date, May thirty first. We are getting Swamp Thing, which y'all know we've been waiting literally years for them to do something, something. again with this wonderful property created by Lynn Wein and Bernie Wrightson, reinvented incredibly by Alan Moore. Yes. Uh, and and now we have like the services sort of saying, look. Now you can read the Swamp Thing comics to get caught up for the show. And that is the dream of my comic book heart. We are, I want to say, like, still 
all hoping that there will be news about an international rollout for the DC Universe streaming service. International viewers, we, we, we see you and we hear you, and I personally hope that there's good news on that front at some point. I feel like as they update, as the 20,000 comics come through, as all of these things layer up, that is on the agenda. I They're can't scaling imagine, up. Like, They're slowly scaling everything, up. Because you have to exponentially increase because of the way the world is. The ADD of the planet's like, what's next? 20,000 comics? Okay, that'll do. So I think international is coming. I also think we pointed out uh, right before the show that we haven't seen a single image of Swamp Thing and three of your guys are all going to be out at one time. I just yes. want to give this a moment. Yeah, yeah. So so <laughs> since my, my youngest memories, there have been three green monsters that I've loved. As a kid, I just loved green monsters. And, <laughs> and my top three are the Incredible Hulk, uh, the Swamp Thing, and Godzilla. And in a month's time, I'm getting new versions of, of all of them. <laughs> like, in a month, between the end of April and the end of May, it's all happening. And I can't believe it. And, like, Godzilla, bigger with the budget, I can only have fathom, like, the Incredible Hulk, we all know, we think what's coming we, we don't want to say but we think we know what's coming based on these images we've only seen Mark Ruffalo haven't seen his alter ego um, I, I just can't believe what, what, what a time to be alive it's really pretty great I love that DC Universe is rolling out those dates without showing us a lot because we also get you know the Young Justice Outsiders animated series is going to be on July 2nd 2019 we get Titan season 2 arriving in the fall of 2019 both following our May release date of Swamp Thing so we have a May July and fall already established on this app that and is they doing- say uh, the, the Harley Quinn series, quote, late fall. Yeah. So I'm assuming, I'm thinking that's going to be their, like, October era because Harley Quinn, that, oh, like, Halloween sense. flavor. I think it'd be a good time to debut it. So we're looking at every two to three months. Remember when we were, well, when we were kids, it was every two or three years. And then yeah. we felt very privileged to once a year get a property. Mm-hmm. Now we are so inundated with glorious content. We have one network, DC Universe, giving us content every two or three months in conjunction with all the theatrical stuff we're getting. It is literally an unimaginably good time to be a comic geek because you can read these comics and then click the same app into yeah. watching these shows and then go back. Let me find out about this character, right? I wouldn't have even dreamed of that as a kid. Lines. It's incredible. It, like, it I was is. reading Floppy so much that I didn't even imagine reading, like, reading a comic and watching a movie was peak. This is now in my phone. Like, it's just, I'm so happy. You can go straight from, like, the encyclopedia to the comic to the movies. It, I'm very excited about it. And the other key thing with that comic book library announcement was that it sounds like, and again, I don't actually have any insider info on this, but they've said that uh, books will start coming at least 12 months after their release, oh, wow. which makes it sound like they're going to do something similar to what Marvel Unlimited does. Marvel Unlimited is on a six-month delay, but it's also just a comic subscription service. Right. Um, so if that is what it sounds like, then it's going to become the case soon, as with Marvel Unlimited, that you can't necessarily run and get the new releases there, but if there's a story from a couple years ago that you're curious at, you can go on an easy deep dive to do that. And, and it sounds as if that is going to become the case for DC. What a perfect way to keep like print comics alive because that year of stuff if you're an avid comic reader you're still going out and buying them but if you also want to read stuff while you're jumping around I just I love that we're focusing on comic books themselves I love that comic books are very important and I just noticed your Shazam earrings Thank you, WonderCon. Uh, these are, you know, suspiciously handmade lightning bolts that could be anything. Oh, I, I see. Very nice not not exactly. Uh, <laughs> not official, official, but... But thank you. They're Clever mm-hmm. Heroes official. <laughs> and we also... And now this is episode 299 today, and I want to point out that our episode 300, we're going to be talking about a Joker trailer, we're going to be talking about a spoiler review for Shazam, mm-hmm. and we're going to have more news that, that is settling in from WonderCon. <laughs> so I just... It, I wouldn't have imagined getting to an episode 300 where there's that much content, and it's just... I just, I'm so excited about comics, like the state of comic books, yeah. because also when we get to our comic pull list later, there are so many good comics in print right now. So in addition to all this material, we're living in a golden age of print, and we're living in an age of Endgame. <gasps> Avengers Endgame. 
broke the internet today. Literally I, broke the internet. Not Surely even kidding. Heads rolled over at that Fandango <laughs> on that AMC. Oh my gosh. It's like Comic-Con registration in there. Right, People it's like Burning like, Man I'm tickets. queuing into the seven-part lobby to blah, 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 blah. I still don't have my tickets. I'm going to be, you know, checking my phone after we air because I was in the waiting room. You weren't uh, kidding? Oh my I God. wasn't kidding. It's definitely going to be a thing. No, I, I, I finally got in. I was on the waiting room at, at 8 in the morning when I woke up and I, and I got into the waiting room and it finally came through about 11.45 a.m. Yeah, I woke up at 6 like a madman, uh, yeah. 5.55 to log in for 6 and prepare myself. And then I got like the boot a couple times. I bailed. I came back. Uh, so I'm going to be, you know, I'm off for now. Specifically for AMC this was. Yeah, I'm AMC so, list so even through Fandango, you could get in for like, I got in for the Chinese Theater, which is right here at Hollywood and Highland. Mm-hmm. So I was able to get those tickets pretty early on. But anything AMC related, it was crisis. They were trying to make light of it, saying like, oh, the snap affected us too and all this. <laughs> oh, <no>. But ugly. <laughs> and I, what a great testament to how giant these movies are because you know they fortify just like with SDCC they fortify every year Burning Man tickets every year they're like we change the system still crash like it's always a struggle so I love that there's so many fans I think this might be the first movie to ever hit 3 billion does this break the Thursday night record I think Thursday so. night preview it, right? record. I, I think. Will, okay, here's the thing, though. There are not that many showings you can get into a Thursday night, and <laughs> right, <laughs> like but, the movie's literally three hours long. That is going to be something of a cap. But like interest, obviously, could not possibly be any higher. So I don't know where that lands. I, 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 I don't want to literally say that no other movie gets to be in a theater that weekend. Well, that's what's tricky is, is I'd say like you know if sixteen house theater, it's gonna be like eight, and then the other half is everything else. They will add additional screenings as screenings sell out. So they will not be advertised like now. The showings that you're seeing just based on what I've seen with the Star Wars and some of these other event movies that schedule is going to change once they start selling these out because they want that money. Can they add like 2am showings and just count those? They did for Star Wars. (laughs) Well that's what I'm thinking they'll do is they'll have the 7, the 8, and the 9 go on sale and then when the movie comes out they'll have a 7.15, 7.30, 7.45 and then by the time the 7's get out it'll be 10, flip the theater for half an hour and then you've got your 10.45s, your 11s, your 12. That's a good question Amy. What is it, when does it count? When does Friday's box office receipts start? Does, it does start anyone like, know this? Roka, do you know this? Yeah. Oh, no, I, do not. I would assume <laughs> after business. I'm going to go out on a limb and say after business would normally start. So like after that 11 a.m. is when it counts for Friday. I'm totally okay. making that up. Like but. is a 6 a.m. movie, if there is such a thing, a Thursday? Right. 12.01 should be the following day. It should count yeah. at midnight. Yeah, I agree. But 12.30 is you seeing it on opening day Friday. Right. Because midnight huh, movies used to count for Friday. Because it used to be 12.01 and they'd have like a 12.05 show and all that. And that'd be Friday. So I'd imagine midnight. Kids, they didn't used to let us see them on Thursday nights. Yeah, I know. This, this 7 p.m. thing is a real new invention and it's very funny. They're like, Friday release Thursday at 7. Like, that's dinner, guys. Like, it's Thursday night. But. I know when the date changes. So I think it's really interesting that we're getting this much inundation. I knew it was going to be big. I think it's going to break almost every record, if not every record. But we should also talk about the first time we've gotten a full minute of footage. Oh, and I want to say, this is the first piece of new footage where I would say, if you're living that spoiler-free life, Maybe go ahead and it. skip this one. Um, it's really not that much, but like we're all at the point where we're ready. And there's there's some legit exciting stuff in this yeah. trailer. The last trailer is two and a half minutes, and about a minute of it is back footage, and then yeah. a minute and a half of new footage. This yeah. is 58 seconds of almost completely new footage, and it is bordering on spoiler, but it's also, I think, some of the 
first things that we've seen graphic manipulation of. I think that shot of them all standing up, some of them aren't in that room. Mm-hmm. I think that shot of Hawkeye is the when we introduce him, but I don't think he's with the Avengers in some of the other scenes. You also notice in that shuttle footage, Banner's not there and Hawkeye's not there, uh-huh. but a Captain Marvel is, and I think the reuniting of Iron Man with people is use, is being intentionally played against us. I don't necessarily know if that scene of him and Pepper is going to be when we think it is, if it even happens at all. That's the first thing if I was Marvel, I'd right. film fake scenes of is the Cap reuniting and the, the, the reuniting of Pepper. Because it seems way too clean to uh, be like, here's your one minute trailer, here's the moment you've all been waiting for, right. do you trust me? Like, But that was amazing. That was Seeing beautiful. that handshake was, so was incredible. Though. Do you trust me? Because everything, to- everything Tony Stark <laughs> has done has been to you know, not earn Cap's trust. I mean, everything from Ultron to, to everything, anything more to uh, to the Accords. And now he's like, do you trust me? He's like, yeah, I do. It brought a tear to my eye. Um, here's one thing I think that was manipulated. Uh, Rhodey's response, yeah, because they killed half our friends. Mm. Perhaps that's not the response to shorthanded. I was thinking perhaps, that makes sense. perhaps Banner is referring to the fact that he doesn't have the other guy with him still. Oh. So we don't know. So we, we think there's a smarter Hulk, right? That's kind of the image that we kind of get. It looks like you're getting this intelligent Hulk finally. But we don't know that that's maybe happened in the years since and uh, since Infinity War. Sure. Or does this happen in this film? And then I was reminded of uh, a time when the, the Hulk was separated from Banner in the comics, and the Vision actually brought them back together in Incredible Hulk 323, and that led to him emerging as the Gray Hulk, which mm-hmm. shortly led to the legendary Peter David run, my favorite run of any I comic ever. I thank you for a Peter David guy, yes. Big uh. time. Big time. <laughs> the Gray Hulk, the McFarlane in there. Yeah. You know. So I, I wonder, I, I do believe Vision is going to come back. I don't know. Maybe? That's a deep cut? I don't know. That's a cool way to leave. The There's visual. no Leonard Sampson in this world, is there? Not yet. Not yet. So he's the one who does the psychological stuff with kind of bringing them together. I think you is save Sampson for... Some dude with green hair just in the background of a scene and we're all like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I think Sampson might come into play with She-Hulk and I think She-Hulk's coming soon. So Why don't we have She-Hulk? I think I'm she's just saying. I'm just saying. They got uh, that in the wings. That one is, is a big one that's waiting there. I think Disney Plus, I think theatrical. I think Disney I think Plus makes sense. Because the procedural, mm-hmm. we want long form. I want more content, not less. I anyway, think. that's another conversation. <laughs> but I really loved this trailer. I love those 58 seconds. That was the most spoilery, but still less spoilers than any other company with the trailers. Yeah, they this, keep was... it, this is a small pieces. They're just such interesting pieces. That's on that. Like, it's not one of those, oh, you ruined the movie for me. It's no. just the, like, oh, boy, I'm excited. The rocket hand-holding, the, the, the visuals of space, the scope of this. When Thanos' voice came in in the third act of this trailer, the power of just Rocky that couple of lines. <laughs> I just, this movie is going to change things. Our lives, this is the last three weeks we're in a pre-in-game world. Our Today lives felt like forever. summer vacation. It felt like school just ended for the summer. I haven't been in school in a long time, but I felt like, I'm in the summer! I can't believe this is happening. Like, within one day, they kick off the marketing campaign, and we're all just, like, ravenous. Yeah. yeah. And Shazam still is coming out for everyone this weekend, and that's great. We're only less excited because we've all seen it already. Right. But... I, I've seen Shazam four times. Yeah. I will be seeing it again when it opens because I want to support the film. So I will have seen Shazam five times by Thursday, which is just a lot. But the fact that it's that good is a testament, one. But two, the fact that it's it's been this crazy month the lead up and now in game kicks off and they're kind of respecting each other's marketing they're respecting each other's turf
turf and the DC Universe stuff didn't feel like it wasn't news. Like, I woke up to the 20,000 thing yesterday, this today, and it's all just as exciting for comic fans. I, yeah. Like, for once, I feel like there's a symbiosis. I feel like no one's, yeah. like, on each other's toes. And, and tomorrow is Joker, and it couldn't get more different than that. Right? I mean, and that's it's a tease. It's for something October, kids. It's like, don't even think about it, man. It's like, just, you know, you got Joaquin, one of the most interesting actors alive, uh, just doing a little Joker movie that was very quickly announced, shot, and edited, and it's just, yeah. And that's going to be oh, on Shazam, a movie yeah. that is surprisingly terrifying. Yeah. Like, it's a really great... Oh, yeah. Watch out with your very small kids in Shazam. We talked about it a bit in the non-spoiler last week, but, like, there's some scares. It's on the Jurassic Park level of PG-13. Take that as you will. That's a good That's a good call. That's yeah. a really good... Yeah, it's, there was some stuff where you definitely pick up on Sandberg's horror, mm-hmm. um, you know, sophistication, you know, like, he's using a lot of those elements of ambiance and music and, like, to kind of... To get some scares. And Peter without- Safran, the, the, the producer at large, really summoned these incredible horror directors with James Wan on Aquaman, and now he's doing this with Shazam, and I really love that undercurrent of the brilliance of horror directors, because they make every frame count. They make every line count. They shape a, a frame. Uh, but speaking of Shazam, that was my intentional segue, nice. we sat down with Jack Dylan Grazer, Asher Angel. Asher Angel plays Billy Batson himself, and Jack plays Freddie Freeman. These kids are these characters. They were incredible to talk to. Yeah. I've, I've seen them so much this last month. These guys are fantastic, so check out our interview bid for Heroes. We are here with two of the stars of, of a movie that frankly changed my life. I can't overhype Shazam enough. I am so excited. We're here with Asher Angel Woo! and Jack Dylan Grazer. How you doing, guys? Good. Oh, we're doing great. It's great to be here. So this movie has been a whirlwind of glory, and it's not even out yet. You guys have been touring. It's been a lot. I want to know your favorite moment each of the lead-up to Shazam, because everything's about to change. I guess just shooting the movie, probably. That's not, a- I mean, probably not the press. <laughs> a direct insult. We understand. No. no yeah, I mean, yeah, it sucks. I would hope making I mean, the process. thing. Yeah, no, well, yeah, no, because I mean, look at these pictures. I mean, you could, I'm having so much fun here. I'm just, it's so much fun. It's a dream come true. Like, I'm, you know, I, I, I fantasize about these things when I was a little kid, and then, and to be a part of it now, and also so early in my career is, it's mind blowing. It's, it's crazy. I'm so thankful. Um, so yeah, that, that's super, super fun. Yeah. And we got to work on a superhero movie in Toronto for three months. Four months, five months. Four, Four months, five months. months. I mean, it's just... And the freezing cold, that was the best part. Yeah. <laughs> bitter it was. The freezing cold. Yeah. How bitter it was. Mm. So refreshing. We're working with yeah. Mr. Zachary Levi. He well, seems nice, with. you know? He's okay. He's a good experience. Yeah. He's a good example. Yeah. I think we look... He kind of thinks we look alike, but I told him no. You know, I'm the more handsome, more charming, but... Yes. And Jack's just... Jack's just Jack. Jack's I'm just a Jack. signature look, baby. No one can... Jack's like... Up there. Hop on this bandwagon, because this is just crazy, <laughs> Jack. So, but you both are playing... For, for comic book fans, and this is Collider Heroes, so we love this material, we love this stuff. You are playing legendary characters who yeah. took quite Ancient. a long road. Well, you know, well-loved and remembered. Mm. I'm, I'm, I say that like I'm from World War II. I'm not. But, uh, you know, had I been. Uh, they took a long road to get to the screen. It was... Do you did you have any thoughts on approaching these of, of being like you all get to embody them uh, in a a way that's going to introduce them to the entire world for the first time after all this time? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I really, honestly, I didn't really know about the lore or the like what, what this thing was. They've been <laughs> well kept what secrets in some ways. You know? uh, I didn't really know anything there was to know about it, and so then I went in front of that. I, I got the part, or even when I auditioned, I I um I did a lot of research. I did a pretty great deal of research and you know I went back and 
like read some of the Fawcett comics and detective comics from like the 30s and 40s, and like with you know Captain Nazi and all that stuff. <laughs> and I worked my way up to like you know the New 52 and and what this movie is based off of. So yeah, I really understood the lore and what this whole thing was about by the end of it. So. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy that we get to embody these characters. Yeah. Like, we weren't we weren't familiar with this. I mean, I wasn't familiar familiar with Billy Batson or Shazam or any of these characters. So as soon as I got the audition, I, you know, I did a lot of research. Um, and it's crazy, I mean, that we get, I get to be Billy Batson. He gets to be, I mean, Freddie, it's, you know, it's a dream. It's, it's wish fulfillment. And, um, you know, by the end of, by the end of, you know, that whole audition process, you know, I like, okay, I know who Billy Batson is. I know what he would say at this exact moment. And. Um, we just really got to know our characters, so it's it's amazing that we get to do this. So. And it's beautiful because they were in danger of being lost treasures, but now we like we've seen the movie; they're not going to be. People are about to. Everyone is about to know, and that's thanks to y'all. So good job. Thank you. Yeah. And what's great, I think, about this movie is that the character is so niche to comic fans, and the movie is so mainstream. So there, when I say like change my life, it's it showed me that every character can actually be brought to everyone. Like this is a, a Shazam is yeah. a character that what it's an exclamation <laughs> point, which is a perfect thing, but. The the way the tone balances this movie, it's got family, it's got drama, it's certainly got comedy. When you guys were working on this movie, growing up with superhero movies, what was it like to be on a set that has a totally different tone than any other superhero movie? It's it's self-aware like Deadpool, but it's also mm. more earnest. Yeah, a little more PC. Yeah. Yeah. A little more uh, family-friendly. Um, yeah. I, I, it was, it's so cool because, you know, I, I think this... I mean, obviously, it's, it's a fiction, it's a fictionalized story, but I feel like this is a pretty realistic take on if this were to really happen in real life, like how this kid, how Billy would react to like the situation and and how random it is this encounter, um, <clears throat> and how impossible this will see like this seems, even though they live in this world where you know Batman and. and Justice League exists, it's like still pretty weird that this is going on. For him especially. I mean, he's getting transformed into the superhero, and he's like, this is, what is happening? And it's almost, I think it's the most realistic um, reaction that could ever happen. And also, I, I feel like this movie it incorporates a lot of levity, and it's fun, and it'll make you laugh, and it'll make you cry. It's 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 so much fun. And it's not, I, I keep saying this, but it's, it's one of those You'll rarely find this in a superhero movie, I think, but it's a, it's a superhero movie where, where the where the superhero isn't dreading having to save the world. He's right. stoked about having this ability, you know. That's He's not like, oh, I have to go save the world again. He's like, I get to save the world again. Or you know, it's 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 huge for him, and it's ultimate wish fulfillment, like he yeah. said too. Was there was there a surprising tone for you when you watched it the first time? Was there anything you were like, they nailed that thing? I didn't know from set would translate. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, there were there were many things um, yeah. that I saw. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't know how it was all going to sync up. Like with Zach and I playing the same character, we didn't. We weren't on set together. Um, but it, it all just really worked. It all came together, and we really watched David's vision come to life, which was like super cool for me. Um, so it, it all just worked, and it, we we made this badass superhero movie, which um, I think a lot of people are going to like. So. Now, Freddie Freeman is a character that influenced Elvis. I yes. know that. And it's crazy. Asher Angel would be proud. gets to play Billy Batson, which is a name that in comic books really reflects a time period. So you, you get to reflect a real-life time period. You get to reflect an entire period of comic books. So to me, these are two characters whose names are iconic to us, to sweaties, to yeah. Collider Heroes you know fans. You know you like, all outside we're still 14-year-olds. We're not 90-year-olds. But 90-year-olds are going to see something different in this movie than 14 year olds yeah. so to me you guys represent the sweatiest of sweaties the deepest geek the craziest thing what are each of your most niche fandoms like what's your favorite weird thing what's your favorite weird thing oh awesome 
<laughs> I don't know. I'd have to think about this. I got a lot of weird niche. I've sat with these guys a bunch of times, and every time I'm like, gotta ask them the next weirdest thing. This is the newest <laughs> for you guys. What's your favorite niche fandom? Sorry. I don't know. <laughs> What's a hobby we don't know you have? I will. I'm probably no. I skateboard. I play the flute. Oh, harp. I have a Jew harp. I play the Jew harp or jaw harp. Should have brought it. I should have brought it. I should have went doing 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 doing. I can do that. That's cool. As heck. <laughs> That's cool as heck. Yeah, I can play the Jew harp or jaw harp. Uh, what else can I do? I can play the bongos. I, uh, what else can I do? Musician over here. Well, you, so your music is, is a huge part of your life. Music is this, yes. this giant step for you. What's a, what's a part of music that people that know you for your music might not know you enjoy? Like hobby music-wise. Oh, I know. For me. I know. Um, <laughs> like, really? Say, like, wow, okay. I, mean, I, mean, I know a lot of like classic rock trivia or like Ooh. movie trivia. That's why I nailed the schmodown. Collider plug. Uh, any deep cut music thing that, like, say, say, like, uh, like I'm a huge fan of early Tupac. Like, I really like yeah. the Tupac before, like when he was part of a group. I really like the okay. 80s. Is there a music genre that people would be surprised you enjoy? I mean, I, I really love opera. A lot of people don't know that. Oh, that's actually, fantastic. yeah. Is that is that? That's, that's I hate that's you amazing. now. I hate you now. Don't ever tell anybody that ever again. Dude, it's in a James Bond movie. It's inherently cool. Okay, Opera's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it's amazing. In this room. Opera is cool here. It's happened. Yeah. Just so you know. Okay, I cool. Just a memo. Brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're also on a comic book show. Everything is cool. Everything's here. Cool. Nerddom <laughs> has succeeded. Bad. It's very important. So these two characters being so important to the comic side, guys, you guys evolving through it. What do you want to see as like Shazam 2, in my opinion, all but happening. This movie's gonna make yeah. all the money. It's everything. Is there anything you guys want to experience with Shazam 2 as it gets shaped up? I think it'd be a cool to go level. back. Like to go back to maybe maybe this would be like a fourth or third. I don't want to push it. I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> I think it'd be cool to go back in time and do like an Uncle Dudley talkie ta- talking Tawny Marvel Mary weird old thing yeah know, like Family Feud would be fun um, which is where the Foster family fights each other and uh, I don't know or maybe 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 Flashpoint would be pretty cool because we get to interact with the Justice League and I would love that Gal Gadot I would watch all of those yeah <laughs> hey, Gal Gadot um I think f- it'll be very interesting to see Billy's character development because he, you know, he got these powers and he finds his family. So then, then what? Like, what happens next? So, and that's a huge part of this movie is family. Like, I, family. I really like that the the Foster family has so much reverence. I really like that the parents are so authentically parents. I really mm-hmm. like that when you meet them, you're like, I would love to know these fine folks. They're very caring. What was it like on set on days where it was this family dynamic where you're acting with? so many people like you're in a house with these parents you don't obviously know them in real life but you guys felt like a family did you guys bond off set did you hang out did you form that relationship oh yeah yeah we're, we're all super super close um it was it was a lot there's a lot of kids in like this tiny foster well not tiny house but like this foster house and we like we bond we really did bond like when we weren't filming we went to the aquarium we did all these fun excursions mm-hmm. in toronto and uh, we did like sleepovers and escape stuff. rooms yeah. cast parties rooms. And, like we just had so much fun that definitely comes through in the film and the bonding. journey, the emotional journeys for both of these characters, their friendship being tested and coming together and apart, yeah. uh, it really keeps the, the movie threading. Mm-hmm. Uh, were there any kind of surprises in that unfolding on set? I love this shot. <laughs> <laughs> um. Um, or any any uh, foster family interactions? Were you, were you expecting that kind of experience coming in? It was cool, like going into my room at the foster, and then just like and then, like after a takeout, just like oh, 
like lay down on the just bed and be like, oh, I hate this family. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> like, no, it's fun. It's so much fun. Um, yeah, looking at those rooms and just it, pretending that that's like a real family and... It's kind of sad now that I say it. <laughs> no, but like getting that it's a real thing. We're gonna stay here. <laughs> yeah. No, but like you know, having these these great friends and you know, like in this foster home, it's just so much fun. And then and the chemistry between me and Marta and Cooper and it's like a you know like a, a legitimate family. It was cool. And our little bunk beds. And our little bunk beds. Little so, bunk there was a scene that they cut out where scene. I snuggled with them. Yeah, oh. like, like sneak out. Yeah, they, can I yeah, there's a, even? There's <laughs> you did snuggle me. I did snuggle you, but I'm saying, can I say things that got cut from the movie? Oh, it's not a spoiler. It's just a moment. It's yeah. just not even in it. So you won't. It, you won't. It's not spoiling anything because it's not in it. So there mm. you go. Now the dynamic of this movie is really unique in that there's two eyelines for the audience. Like usually, a movie has kind of a, a person you follow, but for me, you represent the eyeline of everyone in the audience. It's like I want to be a superhero, but you actually get to be a superhero, <laughs> and you represent an eyeline of people that are like superheroes are real. I want them so bad. You're I both. Them. You're kind of both. Class Heroes fans. You're both the, the nerdy in the audience that's like, I believe it's possible, I just want to know them. And that's a really unique take on a superhero movie, to have both realities possible. When you were reading the lines, did you put yourself in the position of like, I will be running alongside Batman in the scenario of this comic, and were you thinking about the world like, I'm going to open this door and someone might fly over me? Did you put yourself in the position of oh, yeah. those through lines? 100%. Definitely. 100%. It's just like the... It's a fantasy, dude. Like, like having the like being this character, or like even being a part of a movie like this, or just having like a reality like this, and then living that reality. That's why I want to be an actor, dude. Like, that's why I'm an actor, so I can live these like alternate realities and like, you know, be these different characters that that that's impossible in real life. You know, yeah. it's just so much fun. Like, it's like it's all these different things. It's, it's so much fun. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like a dream. I mean, it's, it's yeah. like a, you're stuck wish in like fulfillment. this. That's a wish fulfillment. Yeah. Like you're stuck in this, like, fantasy. Um, um, they, I think that's just, like, insane, though, knowing that this could, like, you know, Billy could end up meeting with, like, the Justice League, and then they fight crime together. Oh, my God. I, I, like, I, it's just insane how yeah. it all works, and, like, we're, we're very hopeful that, you know, it does end like that. And Have you watched, this is actually just came to me, have you watched the superhero movie since, and does it feel different? Hmm. Um. Yes. The answer to that question. Yes. Yes. No. No. That's just um, all. Um. Yes. Um, it feels way different. Um. I think the last one was. Um. What was it? I think Avengers. Yeah. Last one was Avengers, and like. You know, I, I came. I um, I came out of that movie theater. I was like, okay, this is like, this is Smash. Like, it's action. It's got everything you want. But then, like, reading our script and then seeing our movie, it's like, wow, that those two are so different. Mm-hmm. They're so different, and just there's so many things that this movie brings, like the the, the family dynamic of it, um, Freddie's disability. I mean, there's just so many things that I think. And then then you incorporate like the action, and like that makes it. There's just. Perfect. Do you, when you're watching the movie, now that you've been on a set, you know the, yeah. you know what goes into the girl. Like, you've seen the green screen from your own eyeline. You've seen all these things. Do you now see those, like, see the wires, so to speak, when you watch these high-budget things? Do you, do you see through the illusion of yeah. art? You know what I mean? It's hard not to now. I, I, I hate being, like, this, like, cinephile critic sometimes. Like, it's like no movie is perfect ever. Like, I'll notice something, like, oh, editing sucks. I'm leaving. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it sucks. Or, like, I'll, someone will say a line, like, that's not as believable as it should be. I could say it better, even though I probably can't. But in that moment, I can. Um, I, I, I hate that, though. And I'm in this film theory class at my school, and I'm kind of learning to grow with that and also kind of, like, accept it and not just be a critic, but, like, understand it. And, and then, like, movies aren't, like, 
they're not meant to be perfect. It's always entertainment. It's like, you know, it's okay if something is not the best. Like if the continuity is not perfectly lined up or something. So, but I, you know, I'm learning to just accept. <laughs> well, and that's really valuable. And these experiences mean that you know something a lot of folks don't about just how hard it was to get certain effects, just how hard it was to achieve what they were trying to do with those film pieces. Do you find growing up with these superhero movies, like you guys are, are actually young, you know, you're, you've grown up in this golden age of like 2008 really kicked off a lot of stuff. Dark Knight yeah. came out, like yeah. all these things. Now you're in them. Have you had any interactions with your friends that have changed since you've become like in the world of superheroes? It's, it's the modern Star Wars to me. It's, it's the most popular genre yes. in the world. Is it different to be like, hey, man, I'm in that thing that's going to change lives? Yeah, I get cool friends out. Like, I I have some friends. I mean, I used to... I was at a school before this, and, like, I was a nobody before, and then it came out, and people were like, dude, it came out of the woodworks <laughs> from when they used to bully me in elementary school. Like, dude, we should hang out and come to my pool party and stuff. And I'm like... I don't know your name anymore. I don't like you. You threw an apple at me in first grade. I hate you. So jokes on them. You're moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take over the world. Yeah. the poster, and you're like, "Sorry, bro. No, sorry, dude. I'm not going to your pool party anymore." No. Um, so yeah, that does happen. But I have friends now, like at the school that I'm at, and they're so cool. They're so supportive. They're not like, "Dude, give me a shout out." They're just like, they're they're really like supportive and awesome. Like, dude, have a fun time at your premiere. I'm like, I'm there in spirit. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, mine are very supportive. Um, it's, I think it's. I mean, they think it's cool. You know, when like everything came out on deadline, and I sent them to they they sent stuff to me, and I sent stuff to them. They're like, wow, that's that's so cool. That's crazy. But I don't think they really know how cool it is when it's like you know the fin- you had the finished product because yeah. I, I feel like when they walk in the movie theater, they'll be like. Well, that's different, I guess. Like it was cool, but like I didn't know it was like like this. Yeah. So I think that definitely um, is like way different for them. Like, but they're they think it's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Uh, actor standpoint, Mark Strong is a actor I love dearly. He's mm-hmm. in the Guy Ritchie movies, which are a genre I love and totally dig. Was there any moment when you were on set working with someone that you'd seen in movies and stuff before where there was that like weird, like, yes! Yeah? <laughs> yes! Okay. Wait, for this movie or for any movie? In, in movies. Okay. On your set experiences. A Beautiful Boy was a tough one. No, it wasn't. Steve Carell was so nice, but I was like... I thought that it would be impossible to like interact with him without me having a seizure. Because <laughs> like I, I I love him so much. I love his range. I love everything. I love, I love how, how his flexibility with with the characters. I just I love him so much. He's perfect with comedy. He's perfect with drama. I love him. And he and I had a list of my top fifty favorite people. To say fifteen. And I say fifty in interviews. They're like, oh, fifteen. He's not a psycho. He's not fifty. No, but it is, it is fifty. I am a psycho. Um, and he, he was number one. So and then people to work with him so early in my career is. It's crazy. It's crazy. But then there was there's a scene where we're driving in the car and we have to sing together and I like look over Aww. sometimes and like have this epiphany like I'm in the car and you've got <laughs> shooting a movie. <laughs> what is this world I'm living in? So I can't believe it. Asher, have you had that with film or music? Have you worked with anyone that was like a, you know you were a huge fan of and then you had to take that down? To t- Definitely. Um, <laughs> it's probably with music. Um, um, I got to. I don't know, like meeting all these producers and getting to work with them because you know some of them work with like Usher and have you know produced yeah, that. Jennings, right? Exactly. Nice. <laughs> but no, all the I'm mean, like that's just like so cool for me. It's like wow, I get to work with these producers and like I get to work with like L.A. Reid. Like that's just like insane for me. You know, I grew up watching like X Factor and like he was like the guy. He was the guy and. Um, that's really cool for me. That's like that's like me being starstruck and like, like I just can't stop talking. I'm like yeah. He's like just be quiet. 
Um, yeah. If you had to pick uh, songs that represented some of the Foster family, just a couple that might jump out at you. With oh, them. come on. I need some preparation. <laughs> he would come in with the Because I could come up with some really genius stuff, but I don't have the time in the. Yeah, okay, hold on. Give me like 30 minutes. Give me, one, give me like a Darla song. A Darla song? I don't know. I feel like that's that's she'd, I like she'd that. be fun for that. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. Okay, moment of silence, please. <laughs> what do you, okay, what would be a good one for uh, for Freddy? Oh, I know, I know. I, 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 I actually made a playlist for, for Freddie Freeman. I, whenever, I, whenever I do a character, I always make a playlist for them to kind of get in the headspace. Mm-hmm. The music they listen to. Music like, is super influential to me. So I think I think I had Thunderstruck on there. And nice. I had some like guar. I don't know. I feel like he likes punk for some reason. Were you about to say guar? Yeah, I'm dude. Guar. <laughs> I love that you know guar. And I love that Freddie Freeman now knows guar. Guar. I think guar. Yeah, guar is <laughs> idolized by Freddie also. What would Billy Batson's top like three songs be? Binaural beats. <laughs> realign, realign. That needs to be a good one. Um, it'd probably be like. I got the magic in me. And then you just see him being like totally, totally like just mad at everyone. <laughs> As he's walking, casually walking down the street, and that song's playing, and he's just like running from the bullies and running from all, everything, running from That's life. adorable. I love that. I I, that's, that's fantastic. Fun. That's a great answer. Thank you so much for being Thank here. Thank you so much for having us. Are we leaving us. now? I, you know. This is so sad. The, the movie's coming yeah. out. We gotta go do the thing. Everything's <laughs> happening. So, you guys, this movie comes out on Friday. Woo! It is going to be incredibly to see the, incredible to see the response because this changes things, in my yeah. opinion. Like, this is one of those movies that really reshifts the comic book medium and it's already yes. been going. Uh, any last thing you want to say to people before they see it? Because everything's about to change. You got a log line for Shazam as the you go out. The moral of this story, any everyone has their inner Shazam. Everyone. It's just your greatest potential. You can access that. It sounds like I'm putting a, about to put a link in. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's not what's happening. Anyone can access their greatest potential. Just work hard, persevere, love yourself, and stay true to you. And that's how you access your Shazam. Amen. And no one told me to say that. That was beautiful. It's strong. strong. Asher, your message before they see the movie? Check me out on Spotify. <laughs> that's my Asher impression for some reason. See Shazam in theaters April, April 5th. 5th. So that was Asher, Angel, and Jack Dylan They're Grazer. so delightful. Who are the best. They are Billy Batson and Freddie Freeman. Those kids are amazing. I, 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 Asher looks so much like Shazam. Like, in 10 years, if there's still Shazam movies, is he just going to play both? They just, they just loop him in. They just make it happen. And they'll have a CG composite of him now, and they'll make that tr- transition. What if that work. was a transition forever? Like, every 10 years, whoever played Billy plays Shazam, and there's another oh, like Sign wow. me up. Sign me up for that <laughs> wow. movie. So, we are loving Shazam, obviously, all this coverage. Also, you can check out, I did an article for Rogue Magazine coming out soon, which is uh, an Asher interview, which went really well. We also have some more cool Shazam stuff coming. I'll, like, openly tease that in the future. So, uh, I'm really excited for the world to see this movie we've all had the pleasure now we also this week had tons of other news develop so let's dive into some minor mutations kicking off with a crazy bit of casting that shows you the <laughs> scope and tone of what's to come with the Eternals and that is of course Angelina Jolie is being cast in the Eternals not the Joker but maybe who knows it comes out in October so she's going to be in that uh, we don't know who she is for sure we're going to talk about that in a moment we've also got the very first poster for Joaquin Phoenix's Joker very horror tone very thriller very exciting we've also got our very first full look at the Joker in Gotham two very different Joker 
Reapers. What a time to be alive. Mm-hmm. We'll dive into that as well. WonderCon had a giant Dark Phoenix presence. We got a new poster. We've got tons of new footage. We've got new info. We had interviews with the cast. So we're going to dive into all the Dark Phoenix stuff. Yes, that movie's still coming out. Yes, we will see it in real life, theoretically. Uh, Screen Rant, and now Netflix themselves have confirmed Umbrella Academy Season 2. I love Season 1 so much. We'll dive into why Season 2 is the best news. Spider-Man Far From Home has had some confirmation with villains. We will have some spoiler wiggly hands for that, but we also have a beautiful, beautiful image of Mysterio suit. Finally, officially, Fishbowl of Justice. We've also got Avengers in-game quotes. They're talking about the tone, how it's different from Infinity War. We've got a lot of things from the Russos as the movie gets closer and closer. We're starting to see a shape, but still no spoilers. We've also got a quote from the Storm actress about how she doesn't want Storm and Black Panther's relationship in the movies. Interesting quote. I want to talk about it. It's been very controversial on the internet. Might have a hot take. Might have a regular take. Uh, Idris Elba has been signed on to Mouse Guard. I am very excited. Anything Idris Elba does, much less a indie comic of glory. Obviously, Amy and I have a lot to talk about with <laughs> Mouse Guard. We have the Gotham series finale poster. We finally have the cowl on. The bat himself is going to be rocking out. I am very excited to see how that all turns out. Shazam! announced Aquaman 2. Kind of. <laughs> April 1st, what a great bit of viral marketing. We have Aquaman 2 being confirmed by Shazam. Very clever. Very funny. Very on tone for Shazam. And finally, in Kaleido, Kaleido, Kaleido Heroes, bit of self-love. We are <laughs> confirming that Bitterroot is getting a movie because of our pull list and only our pull list. We did this. We're You're taking credit. We don't deserve it, but we're taking it anyway. Ooh. You all checked it out, so you probably helped make this happen, too. That may be a record. Two minutes, all those minor mutations. We, we just... <laughs> Through, so now we can dive in. I think that was all of the news this week. Out of those, good sir. As wow. our guest, what do you think you want to wow. talk about first? Well, I will say I really liked that Umbrella Academy mm. season one. I thought that was really good. It had me. I, I like. I was a fan of like the Marvel Netflix shows. I like that they can be a little meandery sometimes. Yeah. Because if you create a world that is fun to be in, sometimes I like a little meandery. But I also like a non twenty something episode season of a thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm and I. Never heard of Umbrella Academy before, uh, and it was it's it's, it's, a, it's Dark Horse uh, Gerard Way, right? Who is and also My Chemical Romance, right? Which yeah. is so weird. <laughs> that's amazing. that's so bizarre. I've told this that. story so many times, but like at, at comic book people, we were all kind of like, okay, sure, the rock star wants to write comics, and then we were like, never mind, never mind. We're so sorry. Um, you're really good. Please keep doing this. And ironically, his Doom Patrol is a very big influence. His and Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol, very good shape right. of the show. So yes. it's interesting that Doom Patrol and X Men. It's a tricky timeline. One influenced the other. They both came out at the same time. What have you. But very clearly, they influenced all these team things. So to have Umbrella Academy, Doom Patrol, and Phoenix all in one breakdown is pretty exciting. Like We're living in a time where all of this is happening. I'm also strangely excited about Angelina Jolie showing up in the Eternals movie. Like It's so cool and left field. I don't know why it should feel so unexpected. But like... Because, you know, it's not like the universe has been hurting for star power, but it was sort of like, I was definitely not being like, you know who they should get is Angelina Jolie. But it's like, of course, of course. Right, to be somebody that's like sort of living among humans, perhaps, but not really a human. I I, I, I think the last Eternal thing was the the one they did a few years ago with John Romita Jr. That was a great one, Neil Gaiman and John Romita Jr. Yeah, I mean, wow, what a combination. (laughs) Those two. So so, so those uh, minor talents uh, put together. (laughs) So I I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of used some of that. I mean, but also, is this the first? we're going to see actual celestials or I guess 
Have we seen Celestials we in a film? Nods like, not to the them. giant. Like, yeah. Yeah. So are we going to see like giant, bigger than IMAX screen, like organisms, like in a movie? Like I don't well, know. I love that we have the the idea of Celestials as larger than life. You've got the Mad Titan Thanos. You've got the idea of the Eternals and how that relates to Thanos to kind of set us up in a different way. You've got the Celestials being nodded to in Ragnarok, but we've never gone to this level of deep cosmic. And Captain Marvel did a great job setting it up. So I think the progression is much more like if you told me five years ago where we were with Winter Soldier. That we'd be getting the Celestials, the Eternals, Angelina Jolie in five years. I'd be like, I don't see how we could do that. But they've done such a great job laying breadcrumbs that now I'm like, oh, that's the next logical progression. It doesn't feel out of left field, like you said. And Angelina Jolie herself feels like a sort of shock because... It, it seems like she does movies so rarely now. She gets to really pick her roles. Right. She's not retired, but she's definitely selective. Yeah. So this feels like, hey, the script's got to be great. It's got to be a great team as far as behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've gotten some incredible talent like Redford and Annette Benning and all these people in these movies before. But Angelina Jolie is, is another staple of like a credibility to a film. And Eternals was the one that I was most worried about people that don't read comics getting or being mm-hmm. into. But adding Angelina Jolie is like, oh, I want to go see that new Angelina Jolie movie. So even people that don't watch Marvel movies might want to go see the new Angelina Jolie movie. So it adds a certain level to it. Absolutely. And we don't know who she's playing yet. I, I and everyone in the world is guessing that she is likely to be playing Cersei, right. uh, who has a sort of a wonderful, like, I am an ageless goddess, but I also think humans are cute, which Angelina right. Jolie basically just has That's all the her time. <laughs> it's almost like you could see the Maleficent kind of like, like in that kind of role a little bit with that strange, you know, beauty, but also a lot more going on in there. It mm-hmm. seems like Marvel's getting bigger and smaller after Endgame, right? Like Cosmic is going Cosmic, but Shang-Chi, uh, smaller films like Black Widow, like right. we're going to take it back down, which is great, which is, which is just so exciting. I think know? it's so smart because I think they should take some time before they do another big team-up movie. And I think yeah. if they do another team-up movie, it should be the X-Men. I, I think they should make the the X-Men their new Avengers, and I think they should live cosmic and then small town and let the universe rebuild, get schedules settled, like, let us breathe. So speaking and, of X-Men... Sorry. Oh, uh, the, the last uh, note on Cersei is that you will just, like, uh, that we have no idea, obviously, where if there will be a team of Avengers in the sure. future, but of course she is an on-the-record long-time Avenger. That's right. Just That's it. right. Another time. So what, what is it? Uh, Alexandria Ship? Is that her name? Yes. 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 So what was her comment? She, she doesn't want to... Uh, she doesn't want it right away, right? Is what she said? That was... Okay, so the internet kind of lost its collective mind, in my opinion, saying, like, no, the Storm Actress is canceled. She doesn't want to blah, 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 right. share the spotlight and all this. Like, I, all I saw was negative connotations. But when I read the quote, it was saying that Storm deserves a solo movie in which she's not the wife of T'Challa to start. That's the tone I took with it. And I completely agree that if any of the X-Men deserve a solo movie, it should be the one that is a literal goddess with an insane origin story who has some of the most cinematic powers ever. Imagine a Roland Emmerich film by way of Storm. Imagine right. a disaster movie. Why would she share that? Like, I would love a 12-year-old Storm well, developing her powers, being on the streets of, of Africa, trying to figure out who she is i want that movie and if black panther is part of it you've got so much connotation plus chadwick boseman is older than that would allow for at this point and i don't yeah. want storm to be jumped in at 30 i want to see this character and i get flashbacks exist but i think aurora monroe deserves her own movie to start and i think that's what she's saying and i think it's really tricky that we're lashing out at this girl that's saying i won't even like she's not even saying i want it to be me she's like i'll watch that movie right 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 i love the portion of her comments where like where she was just like look storm could like should get her own movie, and I want them to make it, whether it's me or not. I'm, you know, I've been saying that for years. Um, I don't know if that will make sense with their general release strategy and all that stuff. I think there was another portion of comments that ended up on the record from WonderCon where she sort of expressed disappointment with not having more to do in this next one, uh. and that's a weird thing. Where I think that's partly like. 
As a fan, I'm weirdly like, I'm sort of glad you prepared me because I would probably have left mad if you don't have very much to do. Mm, yeah. um, but I can understand why people are whatever having whatever reactions they are to whether that was a, a wise thing to it's, say. It's disappointing because it's, you know, D- Dark Phoenix is a story that uh, we should have been building up to for 10 years like the Thanos thing. Yeah. And now, much like The Dark Knight Returns, it's been burned in two films or enough films for pieces for spare parts, so we're probably never going to see a closer to a- adaptation. I had a buddy who recently suggested that Storm could be like a villain in Black Panther 2, ending with her being turned over to the introduction of Charles Xavier at the end of that, which I thought was kind of interesting. You imagine the rebellion. The people. The people that, like, all the Storm fans that are just like, what have you done to our Aurora Monroe? Well, and, not and a I villain. am a person who, like, it, it is, there's an interesting split in fandom, like an existing comic book split in fandom between people who really loved the Storm-Black Panther relationship uh-huh. and people who were like, why have you turned Storm into someone's love interest? Mm-hmm. Like, and they both have really good points. Like, as a, like, longtime Storm fan, I at first was like, but what is, what's happening over here? Now, I eventually got really attached. Like, they bring out cool qualities in each other. They're fun to watch together. I wouldn't really be mad at it. But on that level, yeah, I'm definitely with you in the like, I'm certainly not mad if the actress says we don't need to lead with that part of it. So maybe it's my rose-colored glasses, and I will own those. I intentionally wear them. They help me see the world tolerably. But in my rose-colored glasses, I enjoy her quote because it shows a strength in both her and her belief in the character. Yeah. And that's an actor should believe in their character so much they want a solo trilogy. And to me, that's what it's speaking and, to. And unfortunately, she's probably not going to get to play this character again. Right. You know? I mean, and that's the other kind of bummer thing about Dark Phoenix. It's like as exciting, you know. I, I don't. I think it looks good. I mean, I thought the trailer looked really good, and I want it to be great. And I want Simon Kimberg to have a great film that that he's directing. But it's just like, it's just hard to get excited because like we know what the future may hold, and we're all like, no. But how are the X Men really going to come into the Marvel yeah, universe? A lot so, of that, yeah. Imagine, I mean, I will, full shout out to that WonderCon poster though, which is fantastic. It looks great. And also, imagine spending two or three years on a movie, or in Simon Kimberg's case, like a decade on a movie because he worked on all the old ones and leading up to this, and then having it overshadowed by conversations of the MCU. That'd be so That's bittersweet. So, so yeah. for me, the WonderCon stuff, I wanted to give it a little extra love because it is a movie. It is a complete movie. It is a movie that is finished. It is a movie we are seeing. It is a movie that is done and I think we should respect it mm-hmm. on the way to the MCU. It is and a separate And if you want to call it like a what if, our last what if before we get into uh, whatever they're doing in the MCU, sold. do that. So I, I'm excited. I heard the footage at WonderCon was great, but I got to talk about two bits of first looks about a character I love dearly and that is the Joker <laughs> starting off with the first look of the poster because this poster looked like it could be from like a, like a Blumhouse film. It looked terrifying. It looked like a horror thriller, and that's what I want this Joker movie to be. I want it to be $12 budget. I want this thing to be gritty. I want it to be not a superhero film, and I love the quotes we keep getting, like Mark Maron saying it's a psychological take on mental illness. I love the idea that it's diving into the person that is the Joker, because that allows a lot more variables in the mythology, and I also think that that allows the clown images we've seen and him dressing up differently. There's so much more room to play, and I want it to be contained, and this poster certainly isn't like a superhero poster. It looked great to me. The poster looks great. Uh, I I'm very intrigued by you never you never know how much anything means about anything. But like the put on a happy face tagline is of course a reference to a classic song, like a standard, mm-hmm. a thing that kind of puts your brain in like a, a mid 20th century mode, mm-hmm. which sort of tracks with both Joker being a period piece, not the same period, but a period piece, and sort of this sense of like Joker as a, a sort of 
character inherited across time accumulating all this stuff i just thought it was an interesting choice it definitely says a different thing than it would have if they were like 2019 we're making the 2019 oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. the witch would not necessarily like i like they're they're saying classic they're saying classic and like evocative and moody and you know maybe nobody thought about any of that when they picked that timeline tagline maybe they just were like you know it's about smiling that's it that's, um, I, I don't know but that's what it said to me and that was the thing i strongly liked about it that's from bye bye birdie right I wear Put on a happy face. These guys are going to clear. Yeah, yeah. Also, wasn't it in Batman 89? Wasn't it in Batman 89 with the Keaton Batman? Wasn't it? Uh, I, I think it was in like so. a. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to look okay. it up. Uh, well, and, anyway, like, like we were saying before, like this movie came out of nowhere. It's going to be an indie film. I can't wait to see Joaquin playing off Robert De Niro, <laughs> what he can get out of De Niro. You never know what, you get, what kind of De Niro you're going to get, but uh, uh, it, it, it's, it's really going to surprise people, I think, this film. And, and it's going to. I mean, if they could pull. You got to think that he had a strong take to want to make this film and for it to get green lit so fast and go right into production and Joaquin is very choosy about his films like you were never really there or or you never really hear whatever that movie he just did this air is like you know he does these offbeat very dark films does not do a lot of films I loved her I always love watching him and and I I love that this is not Gotham, which we'll talk about in a sec, where it's not going to be, they're not going to be shoehorning Batman in your face. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's going to be more about creating what an awful threat that only something like a Batman could actually, and we're not getting Batman, so which leads me to, leads me to believe this could be a fairly um, bleak ending film. While I don't want bleak with my Batman, I do want it with my Joker movie. Like, <laughs> now we have to get over to our comics, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quickly wrap with saying that the star, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, we've got some villain announcements. We don't generally do spoilers here or leaks, so you guys can hunt those down. We did have that Mysterio entry showed you, which was slightly more official, but... Fishbowl ca- head! Fishbowl head is legit. I wanted to have that in there. Uh, so there's some characters that have been confirmed via toys. We're not going to touch on that, because we also got to talk some comics. Let's dive into our pull list for the week! Yes! Alright, but this was a dense week of news. We gotta power through these comics, but it is also a great week in comic books. We're gonna kick it off with my boy Rob Liefeld's Major X number one. We'll talk <laughs> about that in just a moment. We've got Domino Hot Shots, uh, the new Gail Simone joint. We've got Brian Michael Bendis' Young Justice number four. We've got War of the Realms number one. The new giant crossover begins here. And Paper Girls hardcover number two. All right, let's dive into these. Now, actually, our guest, any of those that speak to you first? Uh, I'm really uh, curious to see Bendis doing Young Justice. What else is he doing? Is he still doing Superman Superman, right now? Superman, Action Comics, Naomi, and Young Justice. Naomi's brilliant. That's probably my favorite of the four. And so so Young Justice, does that lean more toward like the cartoon uh, cast, or is it in the more in the current DC continuity? It's kind of a new team. Their, their continuity is, don't worry about it. Don't worry about <laughs> it. That's kind of what they're doing. They're sort of like, where did we come from? Mm, here we are. Like, I, I think they, you know, obviously they are thinking things through, but it is interesting because it is, it's not based on the, the current cartoon Young Justice. Right. It is closer to the classic comics Young Justice. But obviously, as you know, that has some differences from standard DC continuity we've been living with the last couple of years, and they're just figuring it out. And you know what? I think Marvel's better at continuity than DC, and DC is great at individual stories, which is very they're, funny that they're kind of getting their in the movies. They both weave and unweave uh, at consistent ways. That, like, look, this is comic book life. There will not always be answers to our questions. Ask yeah. the X-Men about continuity. It makes some choices. But I like that the way they're going at this is they're not letting that tie them down. Because I think this is the team they wanted. And I, I like having Connell back like he was in the 90s. Yeah. I like like Jenny Hex is in this run, man. It's crazy. She's and really fun. She's great. And Jenny Hex. Jenny Hex, man. Jenny I think Hex. she's new, 
right? Yeah, she's, I think she's new. And yeah. she's so much fun and instantly likable. So Young Justice is solid. I want to briefly talk about Major X because I was at the panel at WonderCon hearing about Major X. Yeah. Uh, now, Rob Liefeld, I'm a fan. Now, <laughs> Deadpool is my boy. And I think Rob's 90s take is very perfect for right now because we're in this post Stranger Things 80 nostalgia. We're leaning into 90s nostalgia and the entire panel he was talking about how they told him he could do nostalgia and he just pressed the gas pedal down. <laughs> so he's like, there are references to things that you won't expect and the most interesting part of this for me was he was talking about how this was a storyline he wanted to do when he was on X-Force back 20 years ago. Wow. This was a character he had written 20 years prior that he'd shelled because they didn't want to run it. So when they asked him to do a run, he had this already ready to go. So this is literally a 90s comic book come to life. He'd had the story ready for years, and now he gets to unsheathe in the world at the perfect time when we're into this mode of comics, when the Millar world is getting a Netflix thing, when Extreme Comics is getting a Netflix thing. Rob Liefeld's got his own little corner of the Netflix universe. What better time for this to tie into comic Real quick, books? So, but who is this guy? We don't know yet. You don't know anything about Major X? I do not know. So we're pulling it, but you... Oh, you know. You know you're not saying. Major X is... Uh, I know things Coy. happen in all of the issues <laughs> that change things. I know no, it's very well exciting. Coy. I don't know what you're talking about. So Major X, uh, issue one drops this week and it's every two weeks and there's a giant reveal apparently in issue two so pick up issue one to prepare for issue two and I love that the world Major X comes out they're doing it we're still on it I, I just, no, I, just he's I playing think, dumb he he's playing coy he's not sharing with us at Collider I asked who is he he's we like oh we you don't friends. know is he Deadpool Rob Liefeld's Major X is available this Wednesday <laughs> at local comic stores near you and you should pick it up and it's sold out completely in pre-order so uh, the comics that are at your store are the last of the first printing everything else is going to be a second print so go to your store on Wednesday to pick them up uh, and speaking of this is a, a only slightly wildly biased pick on my part y'all know we love Paper Girls uh, which starts out with four girls delivering papers in the late 1980s and goes everywhere and any when you don't <laughs> expect. Um, it is the wonderful series by Brian K. Vaughn and Cliff Chang. Oh, the wow. second major uh, collection. They've had several paperbacks, but the second hardcover comes out, sort of the year two of it all, um, this week. And, uh, by wild coincidence, Brian Vaughn and Cliff Chang are going to come sign at House of Secrets on Saturday. Oh, so if you are in the L.A. Amazing. area, you got to be there. They are two of my favorite creators teamed up on one of my favorite books. Uh, and if we don't die of excitement between now and then, Saturday uh, at House of Secrets. Are you going to have extras of those hardcovers like, available? Did you order heavy we, for that? We or? did. Okay. I hope we're prepared. We'll see. I will be there Saturday now. I didn't know this. This is exciting. <laughs> that, was a, that was an exclusive to me. Wow. Uh, I also want to give some love to Domino Hotshots because Domino's a tricky character to write. Domino's a very like in and out of continuity. And Gail Simone, I think, wrote one of the best runs on Deadpool. She's a very consistent writer. She's incredible. She also gave Heroes some love this week, uh, which made me very She's happy. Really sweet. Yeah. Uh, Gail Simone's fantastic. So if you're watching this, Gail, hi and thank you. Uh, but Domino Hotshots, the first issue surprised the hell out of me because it's not a book I'd typically pick up, and it was my number one or two of the week. Like, Hotshots is a really strong book. The supporting cast is great. She writes the hell out of Domino. It's fun. It's action-packed. It's got an espionage noir vibe, I dig. Uh, and then our final one, War of the Realms, has been building for years. Yeah, it's Jason Aaron. It's Russell Dodderman. It's the Thor-verse. It's a massive crossover that's, like, they're coming from Midgard. Uh, it's going to be, like, those guys are just money. You yeah. know it's going to be good. Well, I you know need to be caught up for the, for this particular If they're series. doing their job, you can just read number one. Okay. But you might want to read some portion of like the recent Thor run since they renumbered. Uh, uh, or if you're me, go back to 2012 and do the entire Jason Aaron Thor run because he's <laughs> on a, a history-making run right now it's and great. it's leading to this. And there's an interesting moment in the newest
latest issue of the Jason Aaron Thor run. I think it's issue 11 where there's a Jane Foster moment I didn't expect. So maybe you need to read more than you think because Jane Foster comes into play in a way I didn't see coming in the newest issue. So I'm curious. And I love the Jason Aaron Thor run. So I would suggest a seven-year journey. I do. I've, I actually read quite a bit of the Jason Aaron Thor run. But I'm okay. not completely caught up with uh, since since he's back and, and, and golden-handed and all this. <laughs> now, uh, quickly, one pull for you for the week before we die. Anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Well, I, I know I, I've heard you mention it before, but as a big Hulk guy, I'm really excited that Banner's back and the Immortal Hulk is really good. <laughs> I went into a comic shop and hearing like somebody suggest Hulk to me because I'm I'm always, it's the only character I've kept up with since like 1988. <laughs> um, and so like when he's on a good run, and I and I loved all the stuff with um, the Amadeus Cho stuff as well, but it was a very yes. different tone, and I didn't want to like live there forever. So I'm I'm excited, and this is really different. It's got, got a horror thing going on, very back to, back to the Frankenstein yeah. kind of original inspiration of the character. So yeah, if it's Marvel for me, it's Immortal Hulk for sure. Some uh, some guy that plays Shazam might be reading Immortal Hulk now after an episode of comic book shopping, so yes, it might be yes, on that yes, certain. Yes, Immortal yes. Hulk's amazing. Al Ewing <laughs> killing it, uh, Bennett. It's a fantastic book. I think that is all the time we have for this week. That was the, I think the most news we've covered in one hour. That was like 15 <laughs> minor mutations, lots of denseness. I am proud of this episode because it is 2.99. If this was a comic, this last panel would be Venom's first introduction. That's right. <laughs> the next issue, Venom Todd McFarlane coming next week. I'm so excited for the anniversary with you guys. Uh, We're not saying Todd McFarlane will be on the show. We're saying it is the Todd McFarlane-esque issue of the show. That's very smart. That's, very, that's a fair point because to me, Todd McFarlane's always here. <laughs> All right. Until next week, guys, stay sweaty. Mm. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. What's up? It's Kevin Hart. And with new rewards from Chase Freedom Unlimited, I now earn even more cash back, even on a beach getaway. I earn 3% of drugstores on beach snacks. Hmm, these chips have some staying on them. I earn 3% on dining, including takeout, after a seagull eats all my chips. And I earn 5% on travel purchased through Chase, like a hotel room to hide from that seagull. Learn more at ChaseFreedom.com. Chase, make more of what's yours. Account subject to credit approval. Restrictions, limitations apply. Offer subject to change. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC.